I'm super, super, super excited to tell you about my sponsor, Southwest Trading Company. Southwest Trading Company is a native-owned business located at 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you've never been to Southwest Trading Company, you need to go check them out. Right now, if you can, or after this podcast, or during the podcast, but either way, go check that store out. They have a lot of great items from different artists from all around, like jewelry, blankets, art, clothing, cedar boxes, indigenous home decor, car accessories, totes, and so much more. You could spend hours in this store. I'm not kidding. I went to the first time, and I think I spent like maybe a couple hours maybe just looking around at everything they have. I mean, it's so unique. If you haven't yet, Southwest Trading Company also has a Facebook page. So if you have not yet, go like it and follow their page to keep up with all new items and events they have going on at the store. Once again, I'm super excited that we get to build together. The location for Southwest Trading Company is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go check it out, everybody. Thank you. Welcome back to Okie Podcast. On this episode, I have a stand-up comedian and a Yuchi language speaker. I have Brent Dio today. All right. I'm glad to be here. What's up? What up? What's going on? Not too much. Just staying, staying cool. Yeah, staying cool, eating Morellos, staying fat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't not get fat, like. I don't have any self-control anymore. I used to. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to wrestle in high school. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was getting skinny. Like, there's this one picture of me and Mike in, in, in this restaurant, and, like, my face just looks, like, sucked in and stuff. And I'm like, man, like, why can't I look like that anymore? But it's my self-control. That's what it is. Like, if I'm at home at night and I got cereal, I'm eating it. Mm-hmm. It's just no doubt. What kind of cereal? I got cocoa. But pebbles right now. Cocoa pebbles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought you say Lucky Charms. No. No, I've never. Lucky Charms. I don't know. It's like too sweet or something. Like just the taste it leaves. Like I think it's the sugar. Like too too sweet or something. I don't know. Mm. Some some cereals. Like I don't know. It's just too much. I don't like it. <laughs> but like my top ones are like corn uh, corn flakes or frosted flakes. And uh, Cocoa Pebbles right now, Special K, you like Special K, with the strawberries. Is that the one they have the, uh... wait, no. I used to like Special K, actually. It's bomb. But uh, and, I think uh, I grew out of it, because that's all we used to eat when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> Raisin Bran, that's cool, too. Raisin Bran, yeah, that was a go-to when I was younger, too. I like that. Well, like, the commodities, you had the cornflakes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean pretty much raisin bran and 
Special K, so you're yeah. already used to that stuff whenever you're kind of growing out. Yeah, I used to make my own raisin brand. Like my my dad, like he got the commodities from from my cousin, mm-hmm. and he would have those brand flakes, and then he'd have a box of raisins. So you just you know make your own. Just mix it up, brand, yeah, raisin brand, whatever. <laughs> Shoes bomb. Too. That's the way to do it, man. I mean, you got to work with what you got. Yeah, and the, it's better though because you can decide how many raisins are in there. That's a good part to me. True. I like the raisins. So True. I used to put a lot. Maybe want some raisin brand now. <laughs> it's been a <laughs> yeah, while since I've had it. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I was going to say too, like, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, because I used to have that self control too. I mean, I'm not like saying, oh, I just let myself go. But like, I was so into like sports and stuff because you get mm-hmm. accustomed to that. I don't know, like, you're just trying to be, like, this super athlete or something. And then even when I went to, like, jiu-jitsu and stuff, I started, because I never, I did wrestle, but, like, I quit wrestling because I didn't, I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to tell nobody, but I didn't understand what I was being taught, like, the moves, Mm -hmm. like, the wrestling, like, submissions and stuff, because they had, like, crazy, like, names and then there's a certain way to put people in these holds and stuff. And the only thing I knew how to do was, like, hip out and then take someone's back. And I didn't understand, like, what to do after that if I got somebody on their back or, like, if I took their back. Because, like, in jiu-jitsu, it's just straight up, like, you get your hooks in and then you can put them in a real naked choke. Like, it's simple. Like, it's it's not, like, simple, simple. Like, there's still some technicality to do it, but... But it's simpler than, like, wrestling. Maybe mm-hmm. I was just a kid, too. Maybe I just didn't fully understand and get what I was putting myself into. Yeah, I mean, jiu-jitsu, like, you just, you can just, you know, tap them out or whatever, whenever you want. But, like, with wrestling, you got to get them on the back. You got to touch your uh, shoulder blades. The shoulder blades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And me, like, I was never really technical. Like, I never got good at doing all those technical moves like everybody else. But, like, so I was doing all just straightforward you know just if i got the back try to pancake them then put a half nelson or something turn them over and you know i was never that good but you know i i could hold my own just because i'm a hard worker Mm -hmm. so that's i feel like that's what just helped me keep keep up with the other ones did you you only wrestle in high school or middle school yeah i wrestled uh basically all growing up like um, Where at? When I was in elementary, and like there was the these guys in Berry Hill, I was wrestling with. Um, like I didn't go to Berry Hill, mm-hmm. but my dad took me over there. I think I was like in fifth grade, fifth or sixth grade, or something like that. And then uh, later on in uh, Clinton, and then high school, you know, middle school, and then high school mm-hmm. wrestled. Yeah, I mostly just wrestled football and baseball. But I quit, like, I did football all the way up till my ninth grade year, and then I stopped playing. Cause I didn't want to play no more. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm not that good, and no one ever puts me in. And my, my helmet always gave me the gear that didn't fit right. Like, I always had, like, helmet that was too small or something. Mm-hmm. But, oh, we don't got nothing else. You got to wear that one. That's the closest one we got. Or, uh, you know, and th- that's what happened again. He was like, I, and my mom had already got, like, me like new equipment like new cleats and new stuff because creek nation they buy uh they they buy your stuff one time 
mm-hmm. for for sports, and so she she would hook me up with all that, and I said, I didn't even play. It's <laughs> like, no, nah, I don't want to play no more. <laughs> I'll just do uh, uh, baseball and wrestling. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm busy in both seasons, so sure. Instead of ha- having two sports in one season or whatever, so I like that better. And did you do? Uh, were you learning your language then too? No. No. No, I, I didn't start learning my language till uh, 2018. Oh, really? Like, towards the end of 2018, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, I was out of high school. I did Tulsa Tech, so I was, I did it for welding. Mm-hmm. And I had a job while I was doing Tulsa Tech. And, and but right after I graduated that, I got into my welding career. You know, I started you know getting welding jobs, and then all of a sudden. My sister, she got a, this summer youth job or something like that. She got a summer job at uh, at the UT Language Project. And I worked right down the street from her. So I was like, on my lunch breaks or after work, you know, I'd come over and see if they need, you know, any help with anything or whatever. I just wanted to help because I wanted to be a part of the the environment, the, you know, just being around everybody and that because... Honestly, I didn't even know we had a Uchi language project, Uchi language anything until like 2016. You know, like no one told me about that when I was in school. I went to Spapa, you know, like all, you know, all the way up to my senior year. Mm-hmm. I graduated from hell. I went to the second half of my senior year. But um, anyway, yeah. So I didn't know about the Uchi language project until about 2016. And then I started, you know, trying to tune into that more like I had. I had this uh, paper on the wall that I had wrote down on I wanted to do like a word of the day or something. Mm-hmm. And so I had all the, these words picked out for the word of the day. And then I like I only made it like to Tuesday or something. Then like I n- didn't keep up with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I had like a whole week. But um, so it was hard, you know, like I wasn't around it all the time until my sister got got to working there. I was like, okay, now I feel like I have a reason to go there and, you know, spend some time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so after I would come in there and trying to hang out and do stuff, after a while, um, the guy who runs it offered me a job. He said, hey, you want to come work with, with us? You can work, work with our uh, elder, Maxine. And, you know, it's, it's like your only chance because, she, you know, she's it's maybe last year's or whatever. You know, I was like, all right, yeah, I'll do it. So I dropped my welding career and then, you know, started working with the language. I thought I was just gonna be like the, the muscle guy, you know, like do yard work or whatever, the outside guy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, taking care of the house or whatever. Maintenance. Yeah, so that's what, like, I was outside a lot at, at the beginning, and I was like doing doing work outside on the house, and then uh, they kept calling me and was like, "Hey, we want you inside teaching. We want you inside, you know, interacting with the kids and stuff." I was like, "Oh." All right, whatever. So I go inside and start making, you know, little little necklaces or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. little macaroni necklaces or whatever we're doing. Start cutting out things like, huh, this is this is neat, you know. Like not used to that work. Used to you know working hard or you know, and it, it is hard work, you know, mm-hmm. having to work with kids and you know keep their attention and you know and teach them. But I was used to a different type of hard work where you're out, you know, sweating or you know breaking your back or something. And so it was a change of pace, but I liked it because I got to be in the language more. And I like trying to figure out 
okay, what are we saying? Because we, we did immersion classes with, with the babies. So we, we'd be in there, and she'd tell me all what to do on, on Uchi, and I'd just be like, okay, uh, well, I just got to figure out, you know, what I'm supposed to do. And then, you know, after you keep going and you get used to, you know, when, when they explain things outside of class or, you know, do your own studying, you're like, okay, I'm starting to pick up things. And and then I, I really started uh, getting to work with Maxine a lot. Like, it would be set up for us to go work with Maxine and, you know, somebody would start working with her and then they'd pass her off to me and then, like, they would leave or something. I'd be like the only one left with her, and like this is like in the beginning. Like I don't even know what to talk about, or like I remember like one of the first times I interacted with her. Uh, she pulled up in a car and got out, and I wanted to say something Uchi, but I was like I, I didn't know anything, so I told her, yeah, I don't, I don't know very much Uchi, so, but hello, how you doing? <laughs> and and she said, oh. You don't know that much. Well, you know, you're learning. I'm still learning, too. You know, so, you know, mm-hmm. that that made me feel good right off the bat. Like, oh, you know, our elder that our last elder that's, you know, that's fluent and, you know, still around like she's still learning. Mm-hmm. And that, that made me feel good going on. Like, OK, you know, maybe yeah, I don't have to hold myself to such a high standard to always speak you to yourself. You know, like mm-hmm. give myself a little uh, grace or whatever it's called. And, uh, leeway is up to work. I, I think I think that's what it is. I, I might be wrong too. I'm <laughs> trying to think, but space. I don't know. And um, so I I got to start working with her more. Got, got to you know ask her questions, have her you know translate stuff for me, and then it got to a point to where we could just talk in Uchi. I could understand her, and you know I could respond. And I started going over to her house a lot. And I got to build a really good relationship with her and spend a bunch of time over there, a bunch of hours just only talking in YouTube. And, you know, there's other times where, you know, we'll talk in English a little bit, but we always, you know, seem to fall back and talk in YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that was a really cool experience to just, you know, and I remember, like, just sitting there and she would be talking Uchi and I'm in my brain translating it okay she's saying this 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 in, in english i'm saying it what she's saying in english in my head mm-hmm. and i i was i tried not to do that because you just try to take it for what it is you know like this is that you know you can picture w- whatever that word means in your head instead of picturing the english and then what it means you know? mm-hmm. and but it, it was a fun fun experience you know getting getting to do that and she she passed uh last year <clears throat> i don't even remember the date but it was a uh, you know it's tough for everybody and you know just like losing a, a best friend you know and just glad i got to spend that time with her before she went because mm-hmm. you know there's you know she's the last one she's the last you know fluent uchi language speaking speaker that we have around and it's just it's it's an honor to get get to know her and spend that kind of time with her and and i got those i got i got you know most of our time recorded you know there's just times where i forgot to press record or whatever and 
So even though she's passed on, she still left things for us for you know to cherish and study, and she's still teaching us. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't got those things ready yet because there's you know personal things you know, and so I gotta go through and edit that. And I got you know probably over a hundred hours of audio just wow to work with just of me and her, and uh, and so that's that's what uh, this I do the. Facebook thing. I have a a group that I started and I call it Zoyaha School of Language. Mm-hmm. And so I try to put all my all my recordings on there that that I you know picked up while I was at the Uchi Language Project. I try to you know make those available to everybody where they can because they're not available like out to the public anywhere else. So. I got I got all those available to where people can have a resource and go you know I want to you know I want to go listen to some YouTube or something if they got that you know they have somewhere to go because mm-hmm. before that it's like there's not really a place where you can just go online and you know find a bunch of Yuchi things especially stuff to learn or you know stuff that's ready for learners to take in and you know use to learn with and um, that that's that's my big thing is I want things to be available so it's just a lot of work to do all those recordings with the Maxine that those recordings that I have it's a lot of going in and you know trimming out stuff and then putting it back together or and uh, so I just haven't got around to it yet but I'm gonna make my time one day yeah but other than that uh, other than the Maxine recordings I have all my other recordings that is probably like 80 hours of audio, you know, just ready for people to listen to and study. Mm-hmm. And I teach once a week at the uh, Toss County Library, Zorro, uh, on, the, on the west side, off uh, 51st and Union by, by uh, Brahms and stuff, or down the street from Brahms. Oh, okay. And um, once a week, I go there and teach... Uh, it's just beginning, you know, I got a bunch of people, I got like seven students now that come and are there on a regular basis. It feels good, and it feels good, like, just hearing them, you know, how appreciative they are just to have, you know, that class to go to, mm-hmm. and it's only once a week, and they're like, oh, thank you, man, we, you know, we, we really appreciate you, what you do, and, uh, that's it's just a way for me to stay stay connected to teaching rather than just me learning all the time just look you know listening recordings and stuff and writing them down it's it's a it's a chance for me to stay connected to that the teaching part cuz that that helps me in understanding too and the thing is i never i never thought i was going to be a teacher let alone even be able to speak like and hold a conversation anything so it's <clears throat> it's like I don't know what to do as a teacher a lot of times like uh, and I mean like by myself because it's just like an independent thing that I'm doing mm-hmm. you know and it's just this once a week thing so I, I just you know make up things like I never went to school for it and like I said I went to school for welding Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't have a teaching degree. It'd be nice to, but you know, when things are right, you know, I'd like to go back to college. Be nice. Are aren't you in school or something or 
No. No. Oh, like uh, language stuff. Like college or something. I thought you do. Uh, I went to IIA. I. That's yeah. badass. I went. I went there. Um, didn't get to finish because I owed some money. My uncle went there. Yeah. Stephen Dio. Oh, for real. He got some. He got some work in there. Yeah. Is he a uh, artist? Filmmaker? Yeah, uh, he does paintings. Or, okay. And he does sculptures, too. Okay. Well, he done this one sculpture. It was a it was a lazy boy made out of fry bread. For real? Yeah. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> and he has he has a bunch of cool stuff. Like, he took all all of his shoes and all my dad's shoes and all of other, other, uh, other brother's shoes and cut the soles off. And stuffed all those soles together in, in these molds and made like suitcases out of them whoa and stuff yeah pretty cool wow i was trying to think of some other stuff um he he made this he made a globe he made a globe out of little toy soldiers mm-hmm. those little green and those little green army men the green and uh tan, tan. yeah for real yeah whoa it's badass looking yeah i dig it got any pictures of those they're online. Online? Yeah, they're online. Okay. But not I don't got any at the house or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got any on my phone. <laughs> but yeah, language advocate, uh welder. I got back into welding too since I got time on my hands. Got a little welding job in uh close to Katusa or right inside of it. Uh it's fun. I like it. I like fire. You know, I like messing with fire and I like Hitting things with hammers and shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, breaking stuff, fixing stuff. So it's fun. Is that the, did you say the port of Katusa? No, it's it's not the port. Oh, okay. It's like right by Hard Rock. Oh, okay. I was going to say a few years ago I worked there with my brother. We worked for, I think it was Word Industries. Okay. It was like a uh, pipeline. Like you put together pipelines and you, they ship them out or something. But... Got laid off from there, but I was gonna ask you too. Um, are you so? Are you still doing the once a week class? Yeah, yeah, that's every Monday. So, are, do you divide it up in semesters, or you just go all all like, year? All year. And okay. last year I did it different. I I did three months on and then a month off. Mm, three okay. months on and a month off. But this year I decided, you know, why not? We can just go, you know, mm-hmm. every Monday and keep it available to people instead of taking that month off and having like a law in our in our learning because it's not a, it's not a real demanding class anyway you know being once a week mm-hmm. for one hour six thirty seven thirty every monday mm-hmm. um so that's that's why i was like i want to i want to try going every monday see how we do and it's been working out really great mm-hmm. you know everybody showing up and um, take you know, taking in like you know, we just just doing beginning stuff. We'll we'll go over pronunciation of of our the letters and stuff. Then we'll um, go over our verb charts. We'll go over our verb charts, and you know, we'll do some. Um, I got some tests or charts, not charts, but tests. Like I tested them last Monday on. If they could hear the stops and the uh, the nasalization in in the sounds or in the words that I was writing and saying, 
it, it was fun. It's you know they, it's not meant for them to like do a hundred percent, but it's meant for them to pay, you know know what to look for, know what to listen for. Mm-hmm. It's good practice for that. And we listened to a recording by by Henry going over the uh, the common phrases that that he recorded, and I like I like going over that with them because some one of my students had brought it in, and. He was like, man, I've been listening to this, and I'm really, you know, trying to learn it. I don't really know what it says, so we, you know, will you help me learn this? And so I think it's a good good thing for all of us to really learn and get down. And so I've been playing that, and we've been kind of studying that a lot. And I think it helps for somebody that has something personal for them. If, if I can help them learn that, you know, it's something that he brought in. You know, make him feel more invested. In, okay, yeah, you know, I'm really, you know, doing good. And I really don't, like, start at, okay, I'm going to start at these common phrases or we're going to start at, you know, these phrases at getting ready in the morning or whatever. Because I like to start with, like, verbs and then we learn some uh, nouns and then we make sentences out of those. Mm-hmm. And... He brought me that, and I was like, well, we, this would be something good for us to go over and fun to do and easy, and people will, will like, okay, yeah, you know, get into it instead of just weren't learning random verbs and nouns. But I like doing that with, with learning the verbs and learning noun and making sentence because people see how stuff's put together, mm-hmm. see how words put to, or sentences put together. And I break down how words are put together. And so it's... It's just a lot of breaking down, and it's it's fun. I, I enjoy it trying to you know have have a good class. That's why I'm hoping just I just hope it don't sound stupid talking and like they're like oh what's this guy talking about or something you know. So I just try to make everything clear and you know to the point. Yeah, you try to make it a great learning experience. You know, I just, like not too not too difficult, I guess. Yeah, you try you to know, make just, it very. Easy and just easy to learn friendly and, and yeah. welcoming. Yep. Because that's, yeah. um, that's how ours are. I don't teach the language. I'm learning myself, but my buddy, my bros, uh, Taylor and Zach, uh, they went to OU and they got their linguistics degrees. And right now they're, they, they handle the language, our language course, but we do it like a semester mm-hmm. so i think our next semester starts i think it's september like the beginning of september i think but really i mean it's just because they didn't know how to do all that stuff and we're doing it over zoom so i'm pretty much like i handle like the recordings and stuff and i just push it out on facebook and i make like flyers when i can or if i need to or something and then but i mean i can only imagine like putting all that stuff together like a curriculum i guess yeah i made i made a a curriculum and like and all it is is a bunch of these papers that i've collected or made while i was at the ut language project and i put them in order to where you know things that are alike are together and things that you know if it was you know, getting ready in morning phrases and words and verbs, you know, got right there. Or if I got family words, you know, that's all all together. Mm-hmm. And so 
it wasn't it wasn't like a too difficult to throw something together because that's that's basically what I did. But like I said, I just kind of put it in order, you know, instead of just a bunch of random papers yeah. and sending them to somebody or something. Mm-hmm. And that was that was an effort. Um, I was talking to this guy Hugh Foley at at RSU and. He was talking about what it takes to get a class there or, you know, start teaching a class there. And I thought it might be cool. So I started, uh, he, he said, like, you have to have uh, 50 hours or some, something like that. And so I tried to put t- something together, and that's when I got that curriculum. curriculum. And I, I was also teaching uh, uh, these these four kids that they, they go to stomp dances and stuff and I was trying to give give them a, a good resource of stuff, and so I was like, you know, I just I want to put something together for them that they can take home and study and just have, mm-hmm. and you know, look at whenever whenever they want to. So I, I made it a point to get that to them, and and after I got that to them, though, like things kind of changed, and I hadn't got to really teach them that much, but they're still they still got them, and I'm glad those things are out there got four you know big old stacks like it's a big stack of paper like big i got it all on a binder and stuff but mm-hmm. and it's all online now too though oh really yeah it's wow. all online i got it on a, on a google drive that i post on facebook and anybody that's, that's in the group can go in there and access it hmm. at you know anytime there's recordings on there and stuff and notes from class that we do at the library put those in there so uh, I try to be, you know, try to put the resources that I have out to everybody because that's what I wanted growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, di- I didn't have a Facebook group of Ichi language growing up that I could go to. You know, I didn't I didn't have, you know, stuff on YouTube that I could just look up and start listening and learning uh, Uchi. But now, now we got videos on YouTube that I put up. I think we got, how many, like 30? 30 videos, 25, and we got like 25 videos now. Mm-hmm. They're all short and simple, but they're digestible. You know, they're not, I, I got some of my Zoom classes on there too, but like I got these little short videos, like a minute long or a minute and 30 seconds or something, you know, doing colors or doing uh, moon phases, mm-hmm. um, little books. You know, I got little uh, audio books. That I did on there. Whoa. Yeah, that's fun doing, you know, tra- translating a book and then um, doing the audio over it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fun. It's the only thing I don't like is trying to record my voice because I always, I hate my voice, you know, and <laughs> I'm like, oh, that sounds dumb. Oh, my God. So it takes me forever <laughs> just to do like one word. And uh, that's that's the worst part of it. That's what keeps me from doing it. But, uh, Melanie, she she stays on top of me. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Hey, we need to put out a video or something." You know, it's been a while. I was like, okay, you know, or she'll just put something together and say, "Here, voice over this." <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so it's really good that to have her and you know help me stay on top of it because it's just like what I said. It's just I don't know if it's just self conscious or just uh, just always think I'm stupid. And I guess that's self conscious, but. And sometimes I do just say it wrong, or you know, it's just, 
want them to hear the certain pause and sound or something that I'm trying to make or, you know, I want them to hear the right sound. And so it just takes me forever sometimes. Sometimes I can do it in one. Okay, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. But other, other than that, I like doing it. It's fun. I like how you're just doing it. Like, yeah. you, like you said, like, it'd be cool to go to school or whatever, but like, you're just doing it. And that's mm-hmm. how things happen anyways. Like, yeah. you just up and do it. Yeah. I mean, there's no, like, you you shouldn't have to wait for something, you know, like, you should, like, you have your resources, you have your phone, you have your computer, you have all this, you know, these resources available to you, yeah. and you know how to do it, and you've been doing it, so, yeah. I mean, it's pretty, it's cool, man, that you're just constantly doing it, and you're putting on, like, weekly, yeah. And you're just keeping you're just keeping it going and you have somebody to have you uh to hold you accountable too. Yeah, I mean, and it's great. In tw- in like uh 2020 that's when that's when uh me and the Uchi language projects, you know, parted ways and I I've been trying to get on in uh Kellyville. That's so the Uchi language project is independent. Mhm. But the uh Uchi language learning center in Kellyville that is by the Creek Nation. The Creek Nation's over that. Mm-hmm. Creek Nation don't fund the Uchi Language Project. And so when I part ways with the Uchi Language Project, I've been trying to get over there at the ELLC, but the doors haven't really opened for me there yet. So um, that as part of it, it's kind of like, well, you know, if I can't, you know, if I'm not working with the YLP and, you know, I can't get on at the ELLC right now, I'm, you know, I don't need them. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can do it on my own, you know, and it's I want to, I want to work with others, because it can be lonely working alone. Mm-hmm. It's fun to listen to something you're like, oh, did you hear that too? Okay, yeah, you know, write that down. Instead of you know just okay, you know, you know I'm listening to it and writing it down. It's it's more of a you know a community you know team effort kind of. It makes it you know easier to do instead of feel like such an overwhelming task mm-hmm. and also when you can get, get make a living doing it yeah that's that's part of it too is i, I want i want to make a living teaching my language and learning my language and that was always the big part for me is i want to get paid to learn my language that's that's the dream that's a dream and so i'm i'm not at that point anymore to where i'm getting paid to teach and learn but like you said i know how to do it and i i it's my language it's you know it's something i really care about i don't want to lose it i don't want to just say oh i'm not getting paid to do it all right well just put it in the you know in the closet see you later you know Mm -hmm. and it's you know it's been good it's been good to me You, you know in every way possible, if I'm not getting paid or even when I'm getting paid, you know, it's just, it's been a good experience. Yeah. That's uh, cool, though. It, I mean, it just shows that your heart's in it, so. Yep. I mean, most definitely. <clears throat> that's the only thing that matters, too, is if your heart's truly in it. Yeah. And then all that other stuff will follow. I mean, I would say mm-hmm. just keep doing it and doing what you're passionate about. Hell yeah. Appreciate it. And, I mean, in your welding again? Yeah. You said you're welding again? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why that's why I do uh, for my day job. That night, go hit the mics. Oh yeah. 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 So, how did you? What made you want to get into welding? Um, like I said, I've always liked fire. Mm-hmm. I've like always fire. yeah. That's that's basically what it was, and I like you know when you're in high school, you know. People ask you what do you want to do when when you get out of here. What are you gonna do? You know, and, and you just, I start asking myself, well, what am I gonna do? And I, well, I don't want to go for you know go to tech for nursing or something. And you know, I didn't really have a college lined up for me, so mm-hmm. tech was my best bet. And I, you know, I couldn't see myself doing anything else other than the the welding thing there. You know, looking back, you know, I could see doing like the cop stuff. That looks fun. They do some fun stuff. It's so popular. They got a nice facility. Like, you know, they got a whole simulator and shit. Like, that would have been cool to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess I, I didn't I didn't think about that. I was just like, no, I want to weld. And, you know, they always say, welders make good money. You get good money. You know, mm-hmm. so I was <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Make good money and play with fire and shit. <laughs> I'm down. How long are your days? Like 12? Easy. Eight hours. Eight hour days? Like easy eight hours. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Damn. Yeah, I'm not really in a position to where I got to make a whole bunch of money, so mm-hmm. it's it's kind of perfect. You know, it, it pays my bills and, you know, it leaves me enough to, you know, play with, so. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I want, like I said, I'm working in Contusa, but I want to get something closer, like in Sepulpa, in Sepulpa where I live, so. Mm-hmm. Working on that. But for right now, you know, working with what I got is fun. Good job. Good people. That's the main thing, is good people. Mm-hmm. You know, if it if it wasn't good people, I'd probably be like, all right, yeah, I want to get out of here. But I don't really feel that to where I'm like, oh man, I need to go find another job. You know, this this sucks. I'm like, you know, showing up happy every day. You know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Learning. Yep. Any other natives over there? No, but there's another guy from Sepulpa. Oh yeah. Yeah. And. uh my car wasn't working like my first week working there, so he was giving me rides home and shit. Oh, nice! Going. Yeah, carpool. He's crazy. He <laughs> drives crazy. He's he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. When we lived in uh, when I worked in Katusa, so we lived in Tahlequah, and so we had to get up like at four, drive here, get here by six, then we get done by I think four. And get home by like six, so it was yeah. those were long fucking yeah. days. Yeah, I, I used was to exhausted. Work at this place called uh, American Pipe Bending, and I only worked there for a week. <laughs> it's like fuck this shit, man. It was uh, six twelves, six oh. to six. Yeah. Oh it's, my god, it's fucking terrible. Like six to six is the worst too. Mm-hmm. You get up. And, you know, you don't really have time to do anything. And you get home, you don't have time to do anything. No. Except, you know, eat, sleep, shit. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. And they weren't even paying that good either. It was only like $14 or something. It was definitely You were welding there? I was supposed to be, but I fucked up my welds or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. I started welding on a pipe and fucked shit up. So I was like, here, just just sweep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was sweeping for a week. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, you know, this sucks. These hours suck. Sweeping for 12 hours. Yeah, that, that was the main thing, though. I was like, you know, I really don't mind sweeping, but it's 12 hours, you know, <laughs> six to six. 
Like I can, you know, I I can say, you know, oh, I can sweep all day, but really can't. Like <laughs> try it six to six. Can you sweep all day? No. <laughs> it sucks. So I, I was like, yeah, I'm out of here. Quit. Yeah, I'd be out of there too. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. I sweeped everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, sweep some more. Yeah, just, just look busy. <laughs> just can't be standing there. Uh. Yeah. Like, okay. okay. You know, me and you both know I'm pretending. You know, what's the difference? <laughs> 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 like, well, there ain't cameras here. You know? So the CEO ain't watching. You know? Let's slide, bro. Oh my god! Yeah, well, that's cool though. I'm glad you quit there. That yeah. sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, it's that's, terrible. It's fucking terrible. It was a good decision. Yeah. And then when did you start doing comedy? Um, I I started doing comedy. I think late 2017. Damn. Late, yeah, late 2017, because I was still welding. It was before I got into the language. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think it was around. You know, maybe September or October. I don't know. I think it was starting to get cold or something. And that's when, that's when uh, I just dove into it head first because I've I've always like liked it when I grew up or when I was little. My dad had Eddie Murphy Raw. He had that sitting on the television, and so I'd watch I'd watch that. And what the crazy thing to me was, he's just up there talking mm-hmm. he's just standing there talking he don't got you know a bunch of things going on or whatever and i didn't understand most of the material because i'm you know a kid so I, but what i understood was there's this guy just everybody's focused on him everything he says people's cracking up and you know crazy you know places going crazy and so i always kind of admired that or kind of revered that like wow that's you know that's something you know really cool mm-hmm. something um really powerful and i don't know if i said that you know to myself as a kid but you know just looking at how i felt you know that's that's like what i seen what i felt then mm-hmm. and uh i started uh this like i said when i was doing in tech when i was in tulsa tech when i was going through a uh, welding school I had another job. I was working at this place called Plank and Mill. They make uh, these wood, wood little planks that you can peel the sticky or the backside off and stick it on the wall and make little patterns mm-hmm. with these little wood planks. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I went there one day after watching a, a Joe Rogan stand-up special, and I, I was like asking, "Have you ever seen Joe Rogan do stand-up? You know, it's funny." And he's like, "Oh, you, you watch Joe Rogan?" You, you listen to his uh, podcast? I was like, I didn't, I didn't even know he had a podcast. You know, before watching the stand-up, I thought he was just the Fear Factor guy. And then I mm. seen that. I was like, oh, you know, the, he does stand-up too. And he's like, you know, check out his podcast. And so I, that was the first time I ever started listening to a podcast was checking out Joe Rogan's. And it, he would have comedians on or, you know, sometimes he would just start, you know, talking about comedy and, and he would say, you know, if, if you want to do it or if you want to try, you just got to do it. You just got to go. You just got to do it. You just got to get up there. Stage time. You know, it's all about stage time. Just get up there and try it. And I, don't, I really don't know what came over me to like, all right, yeah, I'm going and I'm going to do this. But like, I think it was just listening to that. I was like, you know, I think I think I want to do that. I think because I was always into rapping before I would 
I would write raps. Mm-hmm. I did raps before that, but I'm not that good. And like I said, I don't like my voice. That's part of it too. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I just I just gravitated towards that. And so I wrote me wrote me a set. I went to the Gypsy Coffee House, and they give you ten minutes there. You sign up and do ten minutes. And so I'm up there trying to stretch out ten minutes of like the worst like shit I'm ever saying. <laughs> <laughs> and um, after that, I was like, I was just hooked. I was just like, right, well, I gotta keep going. You know, it's all about stage time. Just keep going. And if there's anything. If there's any like little laugh or something, you know, especially then I was like, I got something there, you know. All right, you know, I want to keep coming and try to work that some more or something. And it's um, it it was intimidating at first, but I'm starting to get used to it now. Like going up to the stage and like just getting up there and doing it. Mm-hmm. And so. I was doing comedy, like I said, I started like late 2017, and then about 2019, I'm I'm at the Uchi Language Project, and I'm work, I'm learning a lot, and I want to retain as much as I can, and so I'm like, okay, um, maybe I should give up stand-up comedy right now because I really want to focus on the language, and also I don't want to do stand-up comedy if I can't put my all into it if I can't do you know do that to the best of my ability and just that it's just something I do right after work or something mm-hmm. and um, so I was like you know maybe I'll just put that on the shelf for now so I did and and then um, COVID hit so that was like another two two years of you know not doing comedy because mm-hmm. it just wasn't available anymore and um and in November, I went back last last November. Mm-hmm. I started hitting the mics again. And it's been cool coming back to the scene. You know, it's it's a lot bigger. Or not a lot, but it's bigger. And I think better than it was before. Mm-hmm. You know, just from 2019 to uh, 2021, you know, it's, there's, there's a bunch of new people in the scene. Uh, there's a new comedy club. There's mics all the time. You know, before when when I stopped doing it, there was like there was like maybe uh four mics a week or something. But like since I came back at one point there was mic every night. Wow. There was open mic every night. I ran one and then the fill fill up the Saturday slot. I ran one and then everybody else, you know, throughout the week mm-hmm. was putting on open mics. Now they they've kinda dropped now. Um but there's still good chances to go up a lot of places. There's still a bunch of good stage time. There's, like I said, now there's two comedy clubs that has an open mic every week. You know, one one has one, and then the Looney Bin they have one every second Wednesday and last Wednesday. Oh, really? And they that's when they do the open mic. Mm. But the Tulsa Comedy Club they have it usually every week unless they have a show scheduled. Mm-hmm. And the Tulsa Comedy Club is so funny because it's a comedy club. And it's a dance club. It's you know, to put right together. And um, it's mostly about the dancing. But it's called Tulsa Comedy Club. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly about after the comedy show. All right. You know, and 
it, it's a it's a Mexican dance club, mm-hmm. so you know they tell all the buddies and they, you know it's on Thirty First and Sheridan. You know it's right there. All, all the Mexicans show out, and f- that's how they make the money. Mm-hmm. You know they'll get t- like you know how much was that that one show like twenty twenty five people yeah for the show, but have you know a hundred people at night you mm-hmm. know come in and, you know buying drinks and stuff. I want to go one night. I haven't stayed for the dances. But I've checked out the rooms, the nice rooms. It, it used to be a fifty cent theaters or dollar dollar movies. I was gonna ask if it was a theater movie yeah. theater. Yeah, and so you can see the DJs where the film used to come out of, or you know the mm-hmm. the camera it, where it used to play up there. They're up there and getting it. You can see them. It's pretty cool. They, you know, who who would have thought a movie movie house is the best place for a dance club? So is each of those theaters are they? dance clubs each of those theaters back there where you guys performed at so the when you came to the uh, mark yaffe show mm-hmm. the that used to be two dance clubs but they their air conditioning went out in their other comedy mm-hmm. room so yeah so they had to move the comedy room in there you know or people would be sweating the balls off in the other room yeah and i really feel like they don't care that much but they're like, oh, okay, if we want anybody to show up for the show, we have to have something, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too hot because, like, man, we were going there before, and they wouldn't turn nothing on. Like, <laughs> open mics when they first started, and they, f- they wouldn't turn shit on. It, it was, like, during uh, like winter time, so it would be cold as fuck in there. Went turn the heater. I don't even think they had one then. I don't know. <laughs> but um, it's a nice place, you know. Like I said, they give us a good opportunity to – go up and do an open mic and then you know that's every week and then also they'll invite some of the people out that they've been watching and that they like to host for a real comedian you know that comes in mm-hmm. you know a, a touring comedian so like like uh dakota got to do for mark and you know they asked me to do it but they asked dakota as well mm-hmm. and there's like okay well we ha- we asked you but we already asked dakota so just come in and do a set. So I just, they said I did a guest set or whatever. Yeah. But really, I featured. You yeah. Know, in, in reality. So I did a feature set for Mark Yaffe, which is cool to put on a res, re, resume or whatever, you know. Or I just keep it in my head. I don't really got something that I'm writing stuff down on, but. <laughs> but it's cool to tell people. Not, yeah, it's not yeah. cool enough to write down. Maybe if I got like on an HBO show, then I'd write that down or something. But till then. But you did. You You got to feature. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And Dakota got to host that. Yeah, that was cool. That was a fun night. Yeah, it was. I had to go to a stomp dance right after my set. Oh, is so that I where did, you went? Yeah, mm. yeah. My my ground was dancing, and I I get there earlier because I do the calls. I I do the speaking at the ground. Mm. So I had to get there, you know, before the dance even started to start it up, mm-hmm. basically, you know. So, and you know, that's that's another thing, you know, with the language it. It's given me that opportunity to step in that role and, you know, be that person, the, the speaker of the ground. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's an honor and it feels makes me feel, you know, uh, just part of the the work it makes me feel like instead of just being there and showing up, sitting and going in and dancing, it makes me feel more more part of it, more uh, involved, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I just... You know, take that as a, you know, really, really a uh, big honor. Yeah. Try to, 
you know, fulfill that as much as I can. So, like, like I said, you know, I could have stayed and, you know, probably asked somebody else to do it. But I couldn't, I couldn't get anybody else to do it. So I was like, well, I'll just, you know, I'll just go. I'll just leave early. Because I wanted to stay for the show. I wanted to bring out Mark. I wanted to bring out Mark to the stomp dance. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have a car. He was riding with his uh, buddy. Oh, really? Yeah, he didn't rent a car or something. So I was going to give him a ride. But, you know, I, I didn't want to just, you know, take him out there and then him be stranded or something, you know, because <laughs> I got to stay online or whatever. So I was like, maybe I just better let him live his life and you know, <laughs> we'll reconvene yet later. And, you know, it, I'm sure I'll see him again. Before, yeah. You know, and it was crazy about that. Is I was listening to Mark before I even knew about him. Like, before I, like, I just, you know, go to YouTube, type in Native American comedy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he's one of the ones that come up. And, you know, I study, I study comedians a lot. But I just, you know, I just listen to a bunch of comedy all the time, you know. It's probably annoy her without how much I watch, you know. It's, just always watching it and that's that's another thing of it is just i'm such a big fan you know so that's part of, you know why i was like man i just i want to do this i want to try it just being such a big fan and want to do it want to do it right you know not just go up there and uh i don't know think i'm the funniest guy in the room or whatever you know it's just i just try to be myself because the thing about it was what even gave me that that want to was growing up i'd talk and people would just like laugh like what are you talking about you're stupid you know just you know that's dumb <laughs> and but they'd laugh yeah like you know and yeah you're calling me dumb and you're acting like i meant it but it was just a joke you know but i never like saying just kidding or jk or something you know, I, I don't like breaking character or whatever if i'm trying to lean into a, a joke that i'm making or something mm-hmm. and um but so people would always think I'm stupid because I'm always saying dumb shit. But <laughs> really, I was just joking, and you didn't get the joke. And but they'd laugh, but they didn't know it was a joke. So I was like, you know, everybody's always laughing at me when I'm just fucking, you know, just living my life. Might as well just you know do it on stage and you know do my thing. Yeah. Do do comedy, and uh, so that's that's why I've tried to transfer to a stage. I guess you know just that that dumbness that I, you know, try to point out in life or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, a, uh, it's fun. It's fun doing it. You and Dakota are good. Oh, uh, thank you. Sure. <coughs> I thank think, you. well, I think the first time I seen you guys actually perform was, uh, the red bison mm-hmm. night, mm-hmm. the native night. I think that's what it was. It wasn't native night, but we had a bunch of native comedians on it. I thought it was native night. I think that, that's dubbed what, it as native. Yeah, that's what everybody thought it was, but I didn't advertise it as that or anything, and I didn't plan it as that. It's a it's Mandela just, effect, right? I mean, <laughs> but I mean, that's what people were saying. Like, you guys need to have another Native American night or something. I was like, well, that that wasn't even what it was. It's was just you know, mm. comedy show, and but it just it just turned out that way. You know, just just whatever. Even even in February, I had uh, all black comedians come on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in February is a uh, uh, Black all, History Month. Black History Month. Yeah. So, I, I had all black comedians, but it wasn't. I didn't plan out. You know, I got these guys that I want to bring on my show. Mm-hmm. You know, and have a good show. The theme was Valentine's. You know, <laughs> it wasn't even <laughs> anything to do with the culture or whatever. <laughs> it was just Valentine's, and um, it's just so weird how how it worked like that though. Like like I said, it's Black History Month, all blacks, and then the first one, uh, it was 
you know, everybody thought it was a Native American show because they thought everybody was Native American. But our headliner was, he's Mexican. Yeah, Trevor. I remember that, yeah. He's Mexican. So. Who was that guy again? Trevor Carrion. I keep forgetting his name. Yeah, yeah. he's good. He's yeah, good. He he's, was funny. He he's going all around, you know. He, he'll go down to Texas. He does Damn. shows. Yeah, he's all over the place. He's really hustling, doing good. Who'd you have for the the Valentines? Is Cepeda? Yeah, I had Cepeda, Sandra, and I was supposed to have Sherry, but Sherry couldn't make it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so so just Cepeda and uh, Sandra. Yep. Sandra Slay, she's she's good, too. She's one of the first ones like that I met in the community, mm-hmm. in the comedy community. And um, we, we've just been buddies. You know, I think we started, you know, like around the same time, too. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I forgot the I kind of forgot the story she told me she it was something like uh she was at like a meeting for her company or something and then they told her to get on stage and go do something and she got on stage and started talking and making everybody laugh and she was like oh I want to do this mm-hmm. and she you know started doing her thing and man she's just she's just constantly saying funny stuff just you know it's on and off stage like she's that's just who she is and she's really good at taking that to the stage she's really good at, like because she's always she's always you know talking you know oh, that's crazy or something you know then telling the story or whatever and she's not even on stage you know we're just talking like this and mm-hmm. she's good she, and like i said she's good at transferring that and uh like i said dakota yeah he he's real good um he's He's one of the first ones that, you know, I got connected to with in the comedy community, too, because we're both native, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, we just always know when we see each other, what's up, man, you know, you know, we know what it is. And then um, then my other buddy in the com- comedy community, uh, Peter, Peter Bedgood, I don't know if you heard of him. Mm-mm, no. He's one of the first ones that really kind of believed in me. And he's like, man, you're funny. You're funny. You know, keep keep coming back. And, you know, I want to put you on something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, he he advocated me for to host a couple shows. And just anything like that, when people encourage you, you know, it feels good. You know, like you saying, you know, I'm funny or whatever. You know, it feels good. It makes me, you know, want to keep doing it. You know? Yeah. And um, so I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, it's... um. Um, I was gonna say, uh, well, I'm, I'm new to this comedy realm, I guess, because, uh, man, it's hard to find you guys, man. It's mm-hmm. hard. Like, I know there's comedy here, but it's hard to find like the comedians that perform around here. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't know there were open mics. I knew the loony bin was a thing, but I only thought they like brought in like um premier people mm-hmm. to perform and I, and they sold tickets you know i thought that was the, i thought that was the only place um that we had here that did comedy and then i knew is the bricktown comedy yeah, yeah. And i thought that was the same thing too just like premier co- comedians that came through every once in a while mm-hmm. and i was like damn where's all the like underground i guess underground like you know comedians up and comers and stuff like i didn't i didn't know where to look and then where I got my first like, I guess like tip is uh Jordan J.I. Mm-hmm. So our friend Trista introduced us. I went to her show, and I watched her perform. And then that's where I met Castro at. And so I seen Castro perform, 
But what what always interests me is like a podcast. So he said he had a podcast. So then we linked up soon, like later on, me and him. And then I can't remember, but I think I think we added each other on Facebook. I think because I think uh, oh no, I had Keelan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got linked up with Keelan. That's yeah, that's it. And he was talking about you and Dakota and then like these other uh comedians that I didn't even know about. And I was just like, Oh cool, you know, like hopefully I can catch catch you guys sometime and then that's where because he shared that Red Bison event. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Okay, well I'm gonna go. And so that's where I first seen all of you guys perform and shout out to you. Oh yeah. Using my uh, last name in your joke. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And yeah. And that was dope. Did Six Killer too. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I wasn't expecting that. You're like, what? I might, be, I might butcher it. So uh, I don't know if you remember it. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, the, I was talking about, um, I said, you know, some natives, they don't get the cool names. We don't, we don't all get cool names like, you know, a Six Killer or uh, Sun Eagle. Because so. as I read, I was looking at these old Indian names and I seen this name and said, Yasta Dagoflane. Mm. And, you know, it sounds cool, but the translation means table. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know, that'd be, you know, that'd be a shitty name to be stuck with, you know, because you can't even tell people what it, what it <laughs> is, you know. <laughs> You want to keep your integrity, you know. The table. Yeah. Just. <laughs> yeah. When I heard that, I was like, "Hey!" I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "That's fucking badass!" I was like, "Hell yeah!" I'm yeah. in a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I was just I was trying to make it personal with the crowd or something. People know you. People know the Six Killer name. You know, mm-hmm. you know him him on stage. So, I think that was part of it too. Like I was just making up random names for that. You know. Just saying whatever in it, so I thought that was a cool time to slip that in. Just mm-hmm. use those two. Yeah, yeah, it was good, man. That was a good. That was a good night. I think yeah, somebody was, was saying, uh, "Oh, I had a you know Zebediah." Yeah, yeah, I had him on recently, and he was talking about that night. I think he was talking to Dakota, and he said that uh, maybe the reactions were a little like off because mm-hmm. everybody was high. <laughs> yeah and you know sometimes we have a light crowd but you know yeah. all, all the comedians i brought in they, they've done really good with yeah. whatever crowd we've had <laughs> and you know that could be part of it you know and then a lot of them too uh, maybe they're they're not used to a comedy show being in sepulpa too like mm-hmm. not so maybe they're not used to people talking you know crazy or whatever <laughs> sounding you know saying outlandish stuff so that was cool that though. Could be part of it. Do you do that? You do that every month. Every month. Yeah. 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 The owner there is really cool. She's let me just do whatever I want, you know, mm-hmm. and and I just try to put on you know the best show as possible. Bring some people in, you know. Try not to be a uh, just a burden on her, her to leave her doors open and nobody come or whatever. So I've been trying to get more people to come there, and uh, you know maybe you know use her dispenser or whatever and buy something because mm-hmm. I hate like putting on a show and then like. Not that very many people show up, and then it's like, don't bring in anybody for her, too. It's, I feel like a responsibility to bring in people for her, too, just that because she's letting me put that on there. Mm-hmm. And she's she's really cool about it, though. She's never put, like, any, you know, pressure on me or anything. And 
she's a she, how how we got started with this was like I posted on Facebook, you know, a flyer or something. I was doing a show, and um, she said, you know, let me find out you're funny or something. And I said, you know, let's talk. And um, so I hit her up, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I do comedy. Uh, She's like, well, if you want to do something here, you know, do whatever you want. You can do something. I was like, all right, yeah, you know, let's start. You know, let's put on a show or something. Mm -hmm. And um, so we put on that, that one in January, and she was like, you can do this as much as you want, you know. You want to do it um, uh, every month or just here and there, you know, every once in a while. And I was like, uh, you know, like at first I was like, I don't know about every month, you know. It's you know, it could be a lot, but and I was like, you know what, you know, fuck it, you know, I'm I'm just getting back into the scene, and I need I need a show, something I can, you know, an actual show instead of just an open mic. Mm-hmm. I need something to where I can, you know, work myself. So I was like, yeah, you know, let's do it every month. And it's it's been fun. It's been fun doing it. It's been fun, you know, putting on a good show. You know, this this last one we just had it was it was really good. Everybody done good. We had a good turnout. Um, I made hot dogs. I got to just chill on the sidelines because I brought Keelan in the host, and then I had three comedians set up to do a, do their set. So I just, you know, I just produced and sold hot dogs and took money and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that was fun. That's cool, man. And yeah, that's hella cool. I like, I like that. I like being behind the scenes, like putting on the show, like, yeah. you know, get, you know, getting everybody together, get, getting the comedians together, you know, setting it up and, you know, just having that, that place to do it, you know, it's, it's really cool. And I never realized how much I, I like just the setting up part instead of, you know, actually being in the show. So, you know, I might, you know, be trying to do that more. I want to make my own uh, production logo or something, you know, Britain Deal Productions or something, you know, like put it on our flyers and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, uh, you know, get booked somewhere to where I can put on, a, you know, a real show at the Looney Bin or something, Bricktown, you know. It just looks more official when you have like a logo or something. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to buy like an LLC or some shit, but... <laughs> You know, I just I just need the logo because that's basically all my Zoyaha School of Language is. It's just the logo and then my work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it is what it is, and it's not you know on paper official. You know that it, it's a actual school of language. You know, it's just you know I don't got a building or anything. Just my house, but that, I use that. I use Facebook as my building. That's you know that's the. That's the bookshelf, you know. That's the place where people can, you know, pull stuff. That's the resource, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's fun. Have you been out of state performing? Uh, no, no, no. I haven't. I don't think I've had any mics out of state. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Um. I'd like to though. Uh, there's uh, Arkansas and Kansas. I always see people going to Wichita or Little Rock or something. So. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool to go there or Texas. You know, I want to go to Austin. Really? That's where it's really blowing up for stand-up comedy. It's Austin. Yeah. Austin, Texas. So it'd be nice to make it down there sometime and spend some time there, you know, you know, a few months or something. Um, or, you know, even just to visit for a couple of days or something. It'd be nice just to dip my toe in the scene and see what it's like and, you know, get around a bunch of comedy because... There, you know, I'm sure they got open mics every night, you know, probably two or three every night. No doubt, you know, so. That, that's the place to go. There's, you know, a bunch of opportunity there, and there's, 
there's a bunch of um uh connections moving there as well you know big time comedians that's already touring and stuff big time comedians that's you know already have their own shows or Joe Rogan he's opening his comedy club down there you know that's going to draw a bunch of people too and it, and it already is and it's not even open yet damn yeah i didn't know he was opening one yep it's it's to open pretty soon i, I don't even could be open right now i'm not sure but mm. i know it's soon yeah and so it'd be cool to get in on and to perform at a place like that or something you know and there's this uh there's this podcast called kill tony and they they let you you can put your name in a bucket and you can come up and do a one one minute set and then they interview you after and so i've thought about taking a flight down to austin and trying to do that trying to get drawn out of the bucket that's the thing though it's not a guaranteed thing mm-hmm. so you know i just gotta have the money to burn you know <laughs> somebody was talking about that i can't remember who was talking about kill tony i, I think keelan i put keelan on he'd be he watching it no somebody i think it was was it castro and isaiah you know isaiah from toke signals Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they were talking about. I think Josh was too, but I didn't. I didn't catch what they were talking about. I know who Tony Hinchcliffe. Yeah, I know who that is, but I didn't know what they were talking about. I was just like pretending. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the concept sounded cool. I just didn't understand it. So yeah. that's what it is. They they draw your name out and yeah. then you perform for a minute. Yeah, you can do one minute of material, and then they interview you afterwards. Like this is in a comedy club. It's. It's at this place called the Vulcan. Like, they used to do it at the comedy store in California. Mm-hmm. But um, Tony moved to Austin, and so they found this place. And it's a bar. or um, It's a bar and uh, music place where, you know, people go there and the bands play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just made it their, their comedy club because they do comedy shows there now. I don't think they did comedy shows there at the Vulcan before, but they, they do them all the time now from what I know. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, they were at somebody somewhere else, that, but they got kicked out or whatever. I don't know, I don't know what happened. But yeah, um, they'll probably move to the Joe Rogan place after it opens. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. It's, it's probably gonna happen to Kill Tony's. They're gonna move there and start doing shows. Fuck. What would you say if you got? You know, I'll just you know pull <laughs> out some of my material and you know let it go and see what happens. Um, you know, it, the the better part or the funner part, really, or is like the interview. Like he, he'll, they'll rag on you, or whatever you know, mm-hmm. um, roast and stuff like that. And so it'd be cool just to have the whole experience. You know, just to, mm-hmm. you know, go up there, do a set, and then you know, get to be a part of the the roasting and stuff. So yeah, you know, it's it'd just be like. Any other stage, I guess, you know, just expecting to, you know, see myself on, on YouTube, whatever, mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it, it, it'd be intimidating, though, because usually they have a, you know, a famous comedian or something sitting right there. You know, they're, they're both, you know, famous, Red Band and Tony, they're already both famous, but, mm-hmm. you know, they have somebody else, you know, might could be your idol or something, you know, it could be Ron White or, you know, they could have. You know, Ali Sadiq or something, you know, anybody. Joe Rogan, you know, they bring on a bunch of uh, big-time comedians on there. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it'd be it'd be cool just to get that close to them, you know, and experience something like that. 
I'm gonna have to watch this. This is on YouTube or Yeah, it's on YouTube. And it's called Kill Tony? Yeah. I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah, check it out, man. It's you know, I'll be cracking up sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of times it's um you know, people just just starting, you know, it might be the first time on stage. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's somewhere in the middle or somewhere like somebody has been doing it for 10 years mm-hmm. and they kill or somebody has been doing it 10 years and they bomb, you know, and it, it's, it's fun. It's fun watching both. It's fun watching somebody do good and it's fun watching somebody do bad <laughs> and not like in a malicious way, but yeah. just like, you know, you know how that feels or, or, you know, I do. And it's like, you know, comedians, we, I feel like, you know, we, we get that to like, we we know what it's like to bomb, and this like some people like they'll go up there and they won't get laughs on what they're saying, but just because they thought it was gonna be so funny or something, and people will laugh at the the effort you know, mm. or something mm-hmm. at the fail. Yeah, and and that that's something you know we all go through, and. I don't know. It, it's it's fun, funny show, funny show, and I think I pay attention to it just because I want to. I want to go on there, and it, it's it's like a it's a good opportunity because if you do good on there, they they'll invite you on another show that they do. Mm-hmm. They they have they put you know on weekly you know actual comedy shows, and so like you know when people do good, Red Band he'll ask, hey, you want to come do the secret show next week or something, and so. That that's something, you know, an opportunity that w- that could happen for me mm-hmm. if, if I got on or something. That that's that's the main reason too is just to be able to get on and share the same stage with those type of people and get in the realm and them know your name or hear your name or something. And <clears throat> I, I want to, you know, when when I get my stuff together, you know, go around, you know, and start doing clubs and stuff, but. I got to build up my material, you know, and it just takes time. Yeah. You know, just getting back into it. And I've been lazy this week. I haven't, I haven't wrote nothing for, probably for about like a week and a half. So uh, I've just been trying to take it easy. And easy is just, you know, being lazy for me, not doing anything. <laughs> I think I, like, I just get, get overwhelmed with stuff or. Um, just need a break. Yeah, I just need a break, and then I'll dive back into it when when I'm ready. But mm-hmm. you know, I you know I'll still been doing my shows and stuff that uh, that I'm scheduled for, or whatever. But I haven't haven't been out in the open mics in like a week or something. Really? Yeah. And like at these open mics, a lot of times it's just comedians. It's just you know the other open mics. It's just just you know the same people at every mic. Yeah. A lot of times. And then there's, you know, sprinkled with, you know, here and there of, uh, you know, just some random people that showed up or something to the bar or coffee shop where we're at. And so, like, I don't like doing the same material all the time in front of, you know, the same people. Like, but you need more than one time to work your stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you want to keep keep hitting it. But like, I feel pressure to write more. So, like, if. Like right now, I don't really have anything new, and so like that's why I haven't been back to the mic because like I don't want to go in, go in there and say the same shit. Mm. But at the same time, I need to work the stuff that I've already got. You know, I've got to still tune it or you know hone 
you know, dive into stuff more. And mm-hmm. that's what like shows, like actual shows are good for. It's like, okay, I get a chance to do this material again and, you know, really try to nail it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I feel like sometimes the open mics is just a little bit more pressure for me because I want to, I don't want to do the same, same joke that this, you know, these people have already heard, you know, four or five times or something, you know? Yeah. And, uh, like I said, there's a bunch of mics, there's a bunch of mics now, you know, for Tulsa anyway, that that's available and it's a good scene right now. And then you can go to OKC and, you know, if, you know, if you got time or want to and go, they got mics like every, every night, Mm -hmm. at least, you know, two or three. Then Bricktown, you know, I signed up for that. You got to sign up online for that. Oh, really? Looney Bin, you can just go and write your name in. But Bricktown, they they schedule the people a month a month in advance. And last time I went, I showed up late, and they didn't let me go on. And if you if you miss your spot, you can't come back for two months. For what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm still I'm still in in uh, uh you know. In, they're not letting me in on the open mics over there right now. I still signed up though. <laughs> See if I slipped in there or something. Wow. But yeah, it's fun doing Bricktown because there's usually a big crowd, mm-hmm. and you know it's getting out of Tulsa, so it's not the same, you know, same people I see all the time. Yeah. And it's a good room. It's a really good room. Like I've only performed there once, and you know the la- the laughs are so loud. You know, like when you're on stage, like it. It's a. It's just a good room, yeah. You know, there's usually a bunch of people, like I said. So, at the open mics too, when they do open like at Looney Bin, they'll do an open mic, and then they'll have the regular scheduled show afterwards Mm -hmm. with their touring comedian that they brought in. But Bricktown, they just do all night open mic. It's still a bunch of people will still show up for that. Damn. Yeah. They got good people there. They got a bunch of comed- uh, you know, hope micers comedians in in Oklahoma City. That's you know really killing it, doing mm-hmm. good, doing good in the scene. Yeah. And like I said, Sandra, she's she's been my good friend. Sandra Slade. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she she goes all around Oklahoma and uh, you know wherever Kansas and Arkansas. She puts on a bunch of shows and a bunch of shows. She really hustling. She, you know, I, I admire that, and it, it inspires me to keep going and and or get on my hustle more. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, just trying to produce shows and stuff. She's just really good too, though. People always invite her to do stuff. But uh, it like I said, it's a good community. At you know, ever ever since I started, people. People's always inviting, you know, you know, there's not really any like, uh, you know, assholes in the community, you know, everybody's real, you know, friendly, mm-hmm. ready to, you know, oh, there's another guy, you, know, you, you want to do comedy or whatever, come on, you know, get up there. Mm-hmm. So it, it's cool to ha- have a good c- community and uh, also people's putting on more shows now, you know, self-produced shows, it's not just the the comedy clubs people you know do their own shows like the one i put on Pulpit. so that that's a uh, that's what's picked up more too there used to just be always just open mics or whatever you know every once in a while you know somebody would put on a show but now there's always 
always people getting people together and putting on shows for the community at, at like Vanguard or you know whatever any other bar that that's around you know that people can use. Mm-hmm. So that's you know some people don't think like that the community's that good right now or you know they quit doing comedy because they don't like the scene, but it, it's the best it's been since I've been in it. You know, opportunity wise, you know, like you can go host at the Toss Comedy Club or, uh, you know, you, you do good enough at the Looney Bin, you, you could start hosting there or something. And before it wasn't like that when I was in it. Uh, mm-hmm. The lady at the Looney Bin, she's, you know, she's really nice. She's, you know, she's really wants to use a bunch of the local talent that we have. And the guy in the, they had in there before, I don't think he was really, really ready and looking for, you know, open micers to come run his show or something, you know. So mm-hmm. she's, uh, She's a little bit, you know, gives us more of a chance, I feel like. Yeah. So that's that's really cool with her. Yeah. But they they were every week, though. You could come. Or, and they had somebody scheduled. And when I was last in it, there was somebody that would schedule open mics. But now you just go there and sign up. Instead of somebody, you know, getting these certain people from open mic community together and, you know, doing an open mic. It's just any random person can sign up every week. And so I do that when I can. I do the Looney Bin when I can because, you know, it's a real comedy club. You know, you get to get on a real comedy club stage. And that's, you know, that's always always better than just, you know, going into a bar to where people's trying to watch the basketball game or, you know, the partying, drinking because it's their, their buddy's birthday or something. They're not there to come listen to some random guy or something, you know, so. Mm-hmm. I try to do the comedy clubs as much as possible, those those open mics. Get in front of real crowds and then the managers, you know, try to do good for them so they hey, you know, come host this or something. Yeah. Or Networking. Come be on this show, yeah. 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 That's important. Networking and like you said, hustling about your friend, but you shoot all you guys are doing that, man. Yeah. You know, and then it's inspiring, it's I admire it. Because, I mean, what you guys do, it's hard, you know, to get up on stage with, uh, I mean, even your first time getting up on stage with people out in a cry you don't even know. Mm-hmm. And you're just, like, trying out the stuff you've written. And, I mean, yeah. it's nerve-wracking because in your head you want everything to hit. But yeah. reality, not, like, some may hit or nothing may hit. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to take it on the chin and just keep on going like okay well that sucked but how can i make it better yeah. or you know that got a little bit of a laugh what, what can make it funnier i guess you know yeah. and then like you said the community is so welcoming and and uh i guess nice or whatever to everybody it's you i'm sure there's no problem asking help from another comedian yeah. i guess and i i really haven't and there's like people that I want to mm-hmm. to ask, you know, but like I haven't I haven't really asked too many people like, hey, you know, what's you know what's a joke I could do about this or you know help help me with with this. Um, I've been trying to look up stuff on YouTube or you know read into stuff that uh, about comedy about writing actually writing jokes, you know. And, and at first when I first started, I'm I want and I, I didn't know how to do the joke writing process 
So I just had, you know, my thoughts of, you know, oh, this is fun. You know, when I'm at work, you know, welding or doing whatever, something that I just randomly think pop in my head. Like, oh, that's funny. And mm. I would carry this little, little tiny composition book in my back pocket and write down something real quick. And then, you know, that night try to take it to the stage or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not really doing much expanding on that, you know, later in writing or anything, just taking that funny thought that I thought was funny and then, you know, reiterating it for, you know, people to, uh, you know, think about or listen. And so now that I've gotten back into it, I've been trying to, you know, really hone the the writing part of, you know, what's funny. Because it's hard to put something on paper and be like, okay, that's funny. Unless you know why things are funny what makes something funny and so i've been i've been reading more and li- listening to watching stuff trying to get it, get into the you know writing jokes like instead of just you know spitting random stuff off my head or something that, that i thought was funny and there's it's a combination though it needs to be a combination of that you you know, have your thoughts and the way you think about things, but also know how to make that funny. You know, like that, that's a lot of th- things that, that people say is, you know, write something, you know, just plain, don't try to make it funny. Just mm-hmm. write something down as plain. And then you make it funny after you got it written down. You know, you look at it and, okay, you know, where can I take this? And, you know, where, where can I, you know, Put put my punchline in or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, so that's been that's been fun trying to, you know, figure it out, and you know, when I say something, you know, expecting to laugh. And so that night uh, at the Toss Comedy Club with Mark Yaffe, mm-hmm. when I did that show, I think I fucked my setup right off the bat, right off the bat because I kind of immediately went out of character. When I got on stage, like, and it's because I, I felt like embarrassed because I tried to talk and the music was still playing. Oh yeah, I remember that. And what I should have done was just like take that on chin and you know, like you know, I'm the, you know, I'm this dumb guy, or whatever. And then, but what I done was I turned around and then I started talking to the DJ, like, come on, man, why don't you turn it off? And that fucked up my whole set from the you know from the very beginning because like after that people was like should i laugh at this guy i don't know if he's fucking if he's real with us or and i didn't know that yeah i didn't know if that was part of the bit (laughs) yeah it and so like i didn't plan to go up there Mm. and say something you know it's just kind of it's something i reacted to in the moment and i feel like i just reacted wrong and so looking at that you know it can show you how one one thing you do can mess up you know the whole rest of what you're doing Mm-hmm. Because it's all in, you know, people are perceiving you in a certain way, and you know, as soon as you walk out on stage, they have an idea of who they think you are, and, and so I think I just kind of broke that when when I turned around, you know, said something to the DJ, and you know, I wasn't trying to get you know roast them or anything, <laughs> you know, I was just, <laughs> I think I was just uh, trying to be funny off off my mistake or something or. But I just I just need to take it, you know, just oh I just talk when the music's playing or whatever, you know, it's no no big deal or whatever, you know, don't need to worry about it because I think that's part of my persona is just the guy that messes up. 
I've done that my whole life. It's fuck shit up. Like I've, I've sometimes I think think back at some things. I'm like, damn. Like, kind of makes me upset in my stomach. Like one time, uh, I was I was playing baseball. I was a pitcher, and somebody tried to steal home, and uh, the you know the ball went off or something. And then they threw it back to me. I got him out at home. I was. And I don't know why I was so hyped about it. I threw my arms in and I was like, yeah, hell yeah, you know. And then and then I thought um, the third baseman was calling for the ball because he had his hands up. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. And I threw the ball real quick. And it went over his head. And the dude on second came around and scored and shit. So, <laughs> like, turned my whole, like, you know, winning moment into, like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> I'm a dumbass. <laughs> and uh, this. You know, that's the type of stuff that I do. <laughs> that's, you know, that's uh, that's my comedy persona without even, you know, trying. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can't really think of uh, other stuff right now, but that's the main one that's been on my head lately. Like, damn, fuck, why did I do that? <laughs> it's so embarrassing. I was thinking about that today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, just held on to the ball. You know, like it wasn't like a, the last play of the game or anything. It was like, you know, still the middle of the game or something. Just first the game. Yeah. <laughs> Started the first, game. Yeah, first <laughs> inning. Like acting like it just saved the game or something. <laughs> yeah. Have you worked that into your show? No, no. You should. There's, yeah, there's. That's funny. There's probably a bunch of stuff. Because we all fuck up. That, that's relatable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably a bunch of stuff in you work into it. Oh yeah, I want to talk to you about um before we cut it. You're performing in Tahlequah. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. That's it. Labor Day weekend. Uh, September something. Second, six. Se- When's Labor Day weekend? That's Turkey know. holiday. First weekend First of weekend. September. Yeah. When it gets closer, I'll know the date better. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, man, that's you know that's a real awesome opportunity that Jordan's you know allow me to be a part of that. Um, you know, Resolicious, uh, he he's he's been that guy too that I was uh, looked up on YouTube before I even knew who he was. You know, mm-hmm. he's another one of those you, you type in Nightmare Comedy, he'll pop up, mm-hmm. and it's and it's cool just to you know be be on the same show as these people that you you're watching go around and, and now you know get big you know he's he's getting big doing these uh native american shows all, all around mm-hmm. all around the country you know like he came to Bricktown and they tore it up they had a really big show yeah with tony joe hall and i don't i don't know the other guy that came i forgot his name but he was their kind of opener i guess mm-hmm. yeah featured opener yeah yeah it's you know, it's really awesome to have the opportunity to be in the same realm as these guys because, um, you know, they're, they're going to be the ones, you know, helping us other comedians, you know, get in the light. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Resolicious, uh, Mark, and um, Tatanka. Tatanka means, you know, like he's going to be on Res Dogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, he's been going around doing a bunch of shows. And I feel like they're really blazing the trail and get, getting the word out about us, you know. And and they're really trying to get in the Native American casinos because, you know, the Native American casinos, we, we have comedy shows, but they're usually just like the top touring comedians. Like we got David Spade coming to River Spirit. Mm-hmm. 
but it's never like you know like a Native American show all the time or something. You know, I they're know. not they're not putting on Native American shows at the casino, but they're they're really trying to dive into that realm and. That's that's gonna be a big opportunity for us because the door is there, mm-hmm. it's just got to be opened. Yeah, you know, because I'm sure they they want to have you know something that they can advertise to the community. Oh, Native Americans, you know, come to the casino and you know we're having a show, but is the you know the show has to be there. They gotta have the comedians and so them putting on a you know a good uh good act for us you know doing good in the in the this comedy realm for us is making a good name for native american comedians you know instead of just <coughs> uh you know we just say we're funny yeah you know native american humor whatever you know people actually get to see it now it's getting more mainstream mm-hmm. you know especially with res dogs now and stuff yeah but yeah i'm i'm excited about the show man um uh, well, it's gonna be great. We're gonna have a good crowd. It's, you know, it's one of the biggest shows that I'm, you know, I'm gonna be a part of for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I think so. Cause I'm, I'm expecting a bunch of people. I, I don't know where where the venue's even at, but in Seliquall, I believe it's yeah. Dwayne's. Dwayne's. Yeah, I've never been there. So, but that's where they usually host like. uh Comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. That's where Jay uh, Jordan usually does their sets too over there. They help her out a lot with her uh, comedy nights and stuff. So hell yeah, yeah. So shout out to them. I believe it's Dwayne's. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she seen me uh, do a set when I was on one of Evan Hughes' shows at the at the Skyline Mansion. Mm. He he, do, he puts on a show there, and she seen me there. And she's like. Oh, you know, I really like you Native American humor, you know, and you know, I'll be in contact with you about a show or something. I'll tell her, yeah, sure, just let me know, just let me know. Mm-hmm. And you know, she let me, she told me about this and asked me if I want to do it. I was like, hell yeah, you know, fucking anything, I'm down. And this is just, this is, you know, as good as it gets for me. Like, like I said, you know, this get to be on a real real show with a real comedian that's touring and you know native american comedian you know it's like and you can fit in you, you know like maybe if i do good enough or something he'll like hey you know maybe you can come open it for me here or something you know so it's just a, a big opportunity to um take on and i'm um, excited and i want to do it i want to do good you know mm-hmm. i want to do good and um so I want to be prepared, and so I gotta really start hitting the mics more. Yeah, know, get on my stuff. You know, that's the thing. It's stage time. Just as much as you can. Like I go, like where I started was the Gypsy Coffee House. You get ten minutes there. Everywhere else, when you do open mics, you only get like five, maybe seven. But you do ten there. No, none of these other comedians, open micers, they don't like going there because the the crowd. You know, like. They're usually there to listen to the bands play or something, or people's playing chess or something. You know, it's a coffee house. You know, people's, you know, doing their own thing or they're on their computer or something, doing work or schoolwork, whatever. And um, so they don't have a lot of comedians come through there. And because, and it's also because 
there's there's a big crowd. There's is usually a big crowd. The place is usually packed. Mm-hmm. But they just don't like the crowd. But I I really don't care. I see it as a challenge. And and yeah, I go up there and I bomb a lot. Like most of the time I go to a gypsy, I bomb. But I've always thought bombing was all right. You know, it's good to, you know, get it out the way. You know, and then, you know, later that night do another set, you know, and do good or something. But, like, you don't always want to bomb. It's not good to always bomb. Yeah. But it's it's good to get it in. It's good to get your turn in, you know, and that's one place to do it. But when you do have a good sit there, you know, you're like, okay, you know, maybe I got something here. And, you know, that that's what I like about it. Also, it's just um, my my home, my the one where I started, you know, the mic where I started. And uh, so it almost feels just like... Uh, like home almost, because that's why I started. That's that's uh, my stomping grounds almost. So I just got a little, you know, connection to it. That's why I'm like, I don't care if you know if, if the crowd ain't really a comedy crowd or whatever. You know, that can be a bunch of these places. You know, a bunch of them are sports crowds. You know, when when we're in a bar, you know, they're ready just to watch TV or something. Ain't nobody listening mm-hmm. to the open micers. You know, so I. I like it when you you get the opportunity, you know, to do 10 minutes. You know, you, you got opportunity to do, you know, put a couple sets together that you've been doing five minutes here, five minutes there, and now you get a chance to put all that together. Or, like, when I have stuff that I just, I'm just coming up with, I don't really have it, you know, simplified down to just these words or something, you know, so I got kind of stuff drug out on those sets, just working stuff out and stuff there. Getting my rep in, you know, and then like you know maybe the n- you know next mic that night or the next night, um, you know take take what I went over and try to okay, you know take off the fat, you know, and simplify and just say what I need to say, you know, mm-hmm. take that ten minutes and then turn into you know good five. So it's a good place to to work out to gypsy, to you know get your get your reps in. Um. But yeah, again, like I said, um, I'm excited for that show, man. That's that's my big thing that I'm getting ready for right now. Basically, is um, you know, being ready for that show, put on a good ten to twelve minutes, or you know, however long, how long she gives us. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I'll be there. I'm uh, ready to to get locked in for the show coming up. Tahlequah. Tahlequah. With uh, is Jordan J.I. hosting. And you got me, Brent Dio, Zebediah No Fire, and Resolicious. Uh, what, what? Casey? Casey Nicholson. Casey Nicholson. Yep. Headliner. Casey Nicholson. He was just on um, Holy Moly. Holy Moly. Yep, yep. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Hell yeah. I've I seen a clip. Like, he missed it, and then, like, he started dancing or something like, oh, <laughs> he's doing a Native American celebration or something. <laughs> the the uh, narrator or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the announcers. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Oh. One of his Native American ceremonial dances. Yeah, <laughs> celebration. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. That, oh, man. It was a good episode. I like Putt-Putt. Yeah. I haven't it's done fun. that in a while. Yeah. I've only done it once. I've done it a few times when I was younger. I haven't done it as an adult. <laughs> I'm, I want Sapapa to make a Putt-Putt golf course. That would be fun. It'd be perfect for town. Give people something to do. You know, they're about to open up a drive-in theater there. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, that'd be fun. Sure, I might be there every week or something. For real. Yeah, it sounds fun. And they they're even putting like these little trailers out there for, for people like to rent like Airbnbs, and like you you can stay and I guess watch movies all, every night or something. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I might check that out sometime. A weekend giveaway. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Damn. Yeah. Oh, shit. We're at two hours, bro. All right. Shit. Yeah. I thought we'd been here a minute. Just went by real quick, huh? Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, thank you for coming on. Tell people how to follow you. Keep up with you. All right. You um, got clips on YouTube. Uh, On Instagram, Brent D-O underscore, Brent underscore D-O 20. That's Instagram and on Facebook, just Brent Dio. And that's that's what I'm mostly active on is uh, Facebook. <clears throat> I don't really got clips or uh, that, that much audio out there. Just I just keep people posted on my shows, you know, advertise stuff coming up uh, where I'm going to be. So, yeah, uh, look me up. Stay tuned and you'll find out when the next show is. Yeah. Everybody go check him out. Follow him. Keep up with him. If you haven't already, go follow Okie Podcast on Instagram at Okie Podcast. My personal is Russellmus49 on Instagram. Personal is Russell Sunny. Go on Facebook. Okie Podcast is on Facebook as well. Okie Podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. I would say Google it. You could find it. And check out the website, okiepodcast.com. And yeah. So till next time, everybody. Peace. Peace.